Don't make nobody kill your dreams. Go for your dreams. Don't make nobody kill your dreams. Them can't kill your dreams. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Live Journal Podcast. My name is Paola, and I am your host. And today I am with Olivia Young, and she's the founder of Box and Flow, which is a method that combines boxing and yoga flow. Right, Olivia? Yes, exactly. And this is the first time I'm actually getting to know somebody on the podcast. So I had learned of Olivia. We coordinated for her to be on the podcast. I've been following her, her Instagram, her blog, reading everything about her. But this is the first time I'm getting to know her. So I'm actually very excited about it because it's like truly, you're a very intriguing woman. I love what you're doing and your message and I'm just glad to be here and, you know, just getting to know you today, Olivia. Yeah, I feel exactly the same way. I think just like you said, there's something like an energetic connection. And even if you see someone like two-dimensional Instagram world, you can, I think at some point you can gauge real versus not real. Mm-hmm. And it's always surprising if it's more real or if it's like less real. But either way, there's there's certainly like, I think a synergy that drew us in together to speak and then this curiosity around it. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's so funny because you know, sometimes there's these either a word or a concept or something in kind of like in the air that keeps repeating itself. And then you're like, okay, I'm, I'm seeing the thread here. So going back to authenticity, I had a conversation with a friend regarding authenticity about showing up, how you show up in these social media platforms. And she was pretty much giving me advice on how she was perceiving what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And I was telling her, no, actually, whatever I show on my Instagram, which is my main form of social media, it's truly what I'm feeling. I don't do anything, even though there is a strategy around it, even though I believe I'm sharing from my experience, from my story, I'm not posing with people I don't want to pose with. I'm not talking about workouts that I don't do. I don't, you know, it's, it's not, it's truly what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. And we had this back and forth, very, very intense actually around that. I'm like, you know what? I'm aligned with what I'm doing. Authenticity to me, it's the main thing. And then today Tracy was speaking of it in a way she even kind of created a hashtag called it authentigram. Oh my (laughs) God. I like that a lot. That's Isn't that great? Yeah. I told her you should hashtag it because absolutely what you're saying there. I mean, there's a way, I think the days of people showing up in these social media platforms as this image of what people want to see, mm-hmm. it's kind of over. Maybe some people still like that, but I tend to gravitate to people like you that are like, no, this is me. These are my vulnerable bits. These are the parts of me that I'm proud of. This is my journey. And it's, yeah, it's, you, you just brought it back into that is like this is this is what's happening right now this is the and also the parts of me i'm not proud of i think yeah. that's where the real authenticity lies when you actually break down the facade of what's really real because nobody is as perfect as they seem so i think the people that i align with are the ones who are unafraid and unapologetic about showing the actual raw because Anybody can look good via filter or on the fabulous vacation and dress to the nines. But like, how do you look when like, you don't want anybody to see, like, are you willing to go there? And Mm -hmm. I think that's actually what makes us human. Yeah. And, and showing that part of unperfection, because a lot of, I mean, you're, you're in the fitness world and 
there's an expectation of how we're supposed to show up because we do X, Y, or Z. And it's like, no, I have days where I may not fit into that mold you expect me to fit in. And I actually have real moments where this is how I may judge myself, but this is how I pick myself up as well. So tell us a little bit about your journey. As I get it, you were, you were born in Miami. You started there. Now you're in New York, but I want to hear your words about you. Okay. So I was born in Miami beach, born and raised three brothers, only girl moved to Boston to go to college, hated the cold, ended up transferring back to university of Miami and then coming back to New York to the cold for culinary school after I graduated college. So I really, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do, but I was always intrigued by food connection, kitchen, you know, like camaraderie, hospitality, because I grew up again in a big family and everything was centered on the kitchen. So whether I had insecurities around food or not, it was whatever drew, it it drew something in me and I wanted to explore it, but I didn't want to cook. I wanted to write about food. So I went to culinary school, ended up interning at food and wine magazine, and then went in house for a celebrity chef as his assistant. So Michael White, Altamare Group, Maria Ostri, Marini, Ipiori, 18 restaurants around the world. I took all his PR in-house after a year. So I was 24. I ended up becoming brand director, running 18 restaurants globally. And it was fabulous. And also at some point it became unfulfilling. And I started my own consultancy on the side, representing other chefs and other food products because you know, I love hustle. I have this fire. I'm an entrepreneur by spirit and by trade. And I didn't know how to or where to put all of this energy. And the energy that I was actually experiencing was channeled through my morning routine every day since I was 15, practicing yoga. And when I was 20, I started boxing. So boxing gave me grit and courage and strength and yoga forced me to slow down and feel. So every morning, no matter what, my commitment was my version of boxing flow, boxing and yoga. And it gave me that grounding and the strength to run 18 restaurants globally with the former president of Merrill Lynch as my CEO when I was 24 until I was 28. And, you know, they say Saturn return. And I didn't know what that meant until I really knew what it meant. And I woke up at 28 ever after having like lots of failed relationships and all of my friends were getting married and I had no idea who I was. And I had an incredibly successful career from the outside and dated all the right men from the outside. And I had no idea who I was and I sort of stopped. I was just like, who am I? I had never thought about it. I'd never thought about what I wanted, why I was doing what I was doing. I never thought about what I didn't want. I was just going through the motions and So much of what I speak to today and what I teach is this idea of flow through the fight, finding ease through resistance so that you don't get stuck. When I was 28, I was stuck. I was stuck in a place in myself. And the only way that I could get out of it was to like skin tooth and nail out of it. But by practicing my commitment, by boxing and flowing every day, that gave me the energy and the power. So in thinking about, okay, what am I? Who am I? What do I want to do? I went back to that commitment and I wanted to give back what I had gotten for so long, this feeling. So I created Box and Flow with the ideology of giving what I was getting so that people could find their strength through resistance, find their their ease through all of the fight inside to allow their life to flow. And through that experience, I found that once I gave myself space and asked myself questions and did the work internally and made decisions, life started 
happening, evolving without so much strife. And that holds clear for my relationships, for my commitment to my business, for my commitment to myself, for my commitment to my body. I find that when you stop fighting yourself, life begins to flow. So from Miami to Boston, to Miami, to New York, to now, I think, you know, I'm on this journey. We're on this journey of life to be just as we are beyond the facade, like under the hood, stripping away the layers that are just holding us back so that we can move ourselves forward. And as I say, to flow through the fight. Absolutely. I love, there's so many things that you said that I absolutely love. And, you know, there's nothing like giving from a place of something that we've done personally and has worked for us because then there's, again, that authenticity and that alignment and that being in congruence of things that we we know it's our story. When you share from your story, when you share a tool, a technique, something that you know innately has worked for you and you, you just want to share it, I think that's the best gift that anybody can give to others, especially women, because we learn from each other. We sit in circles and that's how we get things, you know, asking, Hey, what did you do? Oh, she's going through something similar. What did she do? Can you, can you give me advice? I want to go there because I'm aligned. There's something about this person that resonates with me and it's not a demographic, you know, that's something that for the longest time when I was creating my business, a lot of the advice I would get was, who are you speaking to? What's the demographic? What does she do? And say, you know what? It's not about any of that. It's about the end result. How do these women want to feel? Mm -hmm. And I feel like so many people resonate with what you're saying. You know, A, we get on a path. We may be very successful in that path. And then one day you're not fulfilled. And then what do you do? You stick with that and tough it out and suffer inside, even though you may be making a shit ton of money and you have on paper everything you have or do you risk that and just go for what's truly calling you or what's truly not because you're running away from the thing that's not fulfilling you but because you know exactly where you want to go and it's such a scary moment and it's, it's a scary realization but I like how you bring it back to the commitment of being in your body and grounding yourself through these practices to give you the bravado and also the chill yeah. to be able to move forward. Totally. And I think it's, for me, it's like, it's the way that I live. So when, you know, I'm the founder of Box and Float to me, I'm Olivia Young. I was blessed with the name Live Young. I didn't even realize that was my name until I was 29. So I never lived before. I had spent the majority of my life, you know, to date fighting, resisting because I was strong. I could, you know, like nothing would hold me back except myself. And I speak about fear and lonely and shame. All of those like feelings were always self-imposed. The only person in my way ever has been me because the people who have told me, no, you can't, that fuels me forward. Not as like watchy sort of thing, but like, oh, I hear you. And now I understand so often that like, no, you can't, or sorry, I can't hire you because it's happening. It appears all the time is an insecurity. That's not about me. It's about them. The judgment, the comparison, the perception, like that is so not in my control. The only thing I can control with that is how I react. But when you say the practices and the strength and the ease and the balance for me and the grounding, like I wake up every day. And I literally like snow angel in my bed, stretch. I want to feel where my energy is, right? And then I get up and I look at my feet. I take a photo of my feet every day. 
to really like signify starting now, whatever happened yesterday over whatever might happen later out of my control. So I can begin again right now. And I don't have to wait until tomorrow to begin again. I can choose to start over at any moment because the external distractions or energies that are coming into us or we're pushing out every day are, are not on us. But again, it's how we react to them so that you can be confident, so confident in one moment and something happens and all of a sudden it's just like it's taken from you and you can choose to realign or you carry that. Like, again, it's a choice constantly to recommit to you. Mm-hmm. And that comes back to me. to so this idea of flow through the fight, like finding the ease through so much resistance because particularly in today's world, whether woman, man, whatever you are, old, young, there is so much dependence on the visual, on what things look like, on, you know, how much we have followers, money, wealth, the definition that we are probably both guilty of at some point of defining ourselves through our work or who we're with or where we are. And when you strip away all the extra and you're just human and you appear in that light, that's when I think people can relate to you and they do, or they repel you because they're not comfortable yet with, with their humanity. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You see people very, I think when you finally see yourself, you see people very clearly. And you see, again, that thread of authenticity or pretend. And you see, I read a quote, I am terrible with names. I've all my life and I'm going to keep admitting (laughs) that. I remember the information, but I'll share with you guys when I remember, I put it on the, on the text of the interview, but there was a quote recently that I read and it said, if we would go around our, around life, understanding that a lot of people's reactions toward us have nothing to do with us, but all to do with themselves, we would have a much easier time because you're absolutely right. And when you start seeing it like that, you can actually say, you know what? Yeah, I love my shit. I, I did do something there, but then you can see when it's like, you know what? That's nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me. And the only thing, like you said, I can manage is my reaction to it or what I'm going to do with that information. And you can choose to let it go. You can choose to address it or you can choose to keep it or edit it and, you know, push it away because it's, it is all a choice. Even the people in our lives that we consider a friend, family, stranger, whoever it is, man, woman, young, old, as you said, you can choose to keep these people in your life. And there's, this tends to be this attachment to, well, we've been friends for a long time or, well, I work with this person or, well, she's my mom or whatever. It's like, they can be boundaries around that. And they can be what, that, what energy you let into yourself. You know, there's a beauty in the theory that every night we die and every morning we we are born again. And all, you know, I love that you brought that up is that your feet face forward. If you have two feet, they face forward. If you have one foot, it will face forward. And that fresh beginning of death, birth, life, death, rebirth. And not attaching to anything. And you say people boundaries, the same with stories, like, you know, what you tell yourself, what you define yourself by the habits that we have, like, you know, and it's funny. I was speaking to somebody the other day doing a podcast and, and in their response back to me was, well, you make it sound so easy because you, you just pick yourself up and keep going. You unstuck yourself. Like most people don't. And it was such an interesting response because 
I don't want to make anything sound easy or hard, but at the same time, it's just a choice. So the emphasis, the weight that you allow it to carry is still your choice. So no, not everybody wakes up and it's like, excuse my language. I fucking love my life, but it's taken so much work and so much choice to choose it. And it continues to be a choice of my own every single day. And not every day is rainbows and butterflies, but when it's not, I allow myself to sit in it for as long as I allow it until I let it go. I, I firmly believe that, you know, the weight that we're carrying, it's, it's heavier light. It's flower fight. It's bowling balls or beach balls. It's perspective. It is a choice over and over again to choose the way that you live your life. And you're either living it or you're existing in it. You know, you're either owning it or you're a victim in your own story. Like I, I know that feeling. I know that feeling. And some people also say, well, you know, what have you been through? What have, because I haven't, I don't have typical, uh, a trauma that I can write about and say I was a victim. The only victim I've been is a victim of my own self-hate, you know, like that own not good enough, that own insecurity. And, you know, I wonder, and I, and I ask myself and I ask others so often, you know, we teach kindergartners now Chinese kids are learning economic, whatever, you know, they're, they're learning yoga, beautiful, but nobody ever teaches confidence. Where, where do we learn confidence? And then I think as parents, I'm not a parent yet, but that becomes, you know, the gift that you can give, but you can't give from empty. As a parent to teach confidence, you got to have confidence. And I think most people, unfortunately, they weren't taught it themselves. They weren't taught self-love themselves. So mm -hmm. it becomes just this reoccurring story of insecurity, of not good enough, of comparison, of judgment. And we have to break that cycle. I, I, that's so beautiful. And, you know, there's, there's this fork on the road we face sometimes where you finally admit that you have to do something about the thoughts in your head, the stories you're living your situation. And it takes a lot of work. And, you know, trauma, like you say, trauma doesn't have to be only something incredibly dramatic that happened in your life. That's one type of trauma. Right. Trauma has many shades, colors, sizes, and volumes. Mm -hmm. And how, how anybody internalizes it from childhood, which is usually when most of us pick up, start picking up on these things, it does impact you and it is stored in your body and the work you have to do is find it so that you can bring it to the surface, go through it. You know, the only way through is through, but there's a portion of it that has to do with unearthing it and figuring out where it came from. But you know what, if you can't even figure out where it came from, like you're saying, if, it, if there wasn't a marked event in your life where you can pinpoint and say, Oh, this is what happened where this thought process and this story comes from you can move forward with it by acknowledging it and understanding it, not having to go continuously to the past to try and figure it out. You can start where you are right now and say, I just don't want to live like this. You know, scientifically it has been proven that 98% of our thoughts are recycled. That what mm -hmm. I'm thinking right now, I thought yesterday and the day before. So that's leaving a very small amount of brain space right. for creative thoughts, which is where that choice comes from. So how can you start cleaning all this junk from your brain? You got to work through it. You can't just let it continue to repeat. And 
You just got to show up for yourself. I love the words you're using. Choosing, choose yourself. I like to say, just show up for yourself every day. You don't have to see, you know, with my clients, let's say we're doing eight weeks or 12 weeks. I tell them, don't see it as this monumental process. Right. If you start seeing it like that, that's good to know that you're going to commit yourself for something for a time window. But every day, whatever instructions you have, just break them down, remind yourself of what you have to do, and just show up for whatever you decided mm-hmm. that day. And I, I mean, again, like this for me, my, I, what I live by is this idea of face yourself to free yourself. You got to go in constantly every day, face yourself to free yourself. And uh, this, the, the purpose of my business box and flow was to be able to put all of these words in a physical experience, because the way that I found freedom was through my body. So this idea of flow through the fight, like my, my studio box and flow, I'm opening a second one. It's boxing super high intensity to the rhythm of the music. So that you're in your body, in your breath, in your fight, but finding flow. Because in my mind, the best fighters are dancers. There's water, there's malleability, but there's also strength. There's also grounding. So in life, I want to dance through. I don't want to fight through. You don't get anywhere fighting. So again, back to you and your clients and this idea of facing yourself. You're either facing yourself as your harshest critic or your biggest fan. And there needs to be some critique. You need to be real with yourself. There needs to be strength there and confidence, and some ego to know that you're capable, but there has to be love. There has to be flow, because otherwise you're going to stay right where you are. Those forward-facing feet aren't going anywhere. Mm-mm. I mean, Muhammad Ali said it. You, what is it? You flow like a butter, butterfly, you sting like a bee? Yeah. You're sure. not in, in fight mode all the time, even in the workout. Even I mean, first of all, I'm dying to come to your class. I ha- Now I'm just like, <laughs> your energy and everything i have to come Thank and you. i'm a i like to work out hard yeah because that is a place where for me you know anybody that knows me knows i'm a tracy girl but i try a lot of different things i've done the class and that served me really deeply deeply for a long time i can't do a workout that's quote-unquote easy because then i'm in my head And then I'm thinking about shit and I need something that's kicking me so that I can be in my body. But even, you know, even I'm not an athlete, I'm not a trainer, but I try to refine how I exercise and how I train myself. So my new obsession is, and it's also simple and you will know about this. I'm just trying to breathe through my nose and not through my mouth. That's all you need to do. And it's so... You can run a marathon. If you know how to breathe... And it will take you through life. I, that my class also, I was noticing that as I was boxing on the bag, you, there's a short, sharp exhale through mm-hmm. your belly. It's like you're constantly crunching or Kalabati breathing, Kundalini. It's that exhale, fire breath. And in yoga, it's that long lengthened breath. It's never coming out your mouth, right? It's all through your nose. Mm-hmm. If you can control your breath, you can control you know, your energy because actually the only thing you can control is your breath. And how you react to things. But notice when you get in panic mode, that breath all of a sudden gets held or you start to pant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you're losing control. If you have your breath, you have everything. Literally. You're just, you're in your flow. Mm-hmm. I think and it's, it's, it's so, it sounds so easy, but it's practice. And everything in life is practice. I feel like a lot of people feel that, oh, I'm going to go to Olivia's class. Yeah. And I'm just going to be there and I'm going to move in around, but you're not in it. Like you were saying, 
it's not going to work for mental, emotional, physical, just by you paying somebody and showing up. That's not the right way of showing up. Showing up means doing the thing. And from putting yourself in very uncomfortable physical situations, getting your body to fight or flight mode, but controlling the response by the way you're breathing, by, you know, burning through it, or I need a break, taking the break, but going back, choices, choices, choices. It takes practice daily. Meditation takes practice. The yoga, the exercise, listening, holding space for yourself, for other people. It doesn't happen magically. And that's something that as a society, I feel like we always want immediate results for things. Totally. No, you got to keep coming. You got to keep coming. And when it gets too easy, then you got to go to the next step. And then when it gets too easy, you go to the next step. And I think that the challenge also, it, it comes onto you. So you can be at the most challenging class, but if you're bored, you have to change the way that you're seeing the experience. Like focus on your breath then, just work on your core. I know when I take a Tracy class, like it's easy to also check your mind out, but if you're not in your breath or if you are in your breath and you're really focusing just on your thighs, right? And it's just that whole hour and you get so zoned into one part of you, that's, it will be the craziest workout because you're focused, you're choosing, you've, you've, you've already chosen. I, I taught two classes this morning and I worked out before. So, you know, I woke up at four o'clock and after this, I have to train a new teammate and I have meetings and then I have drinks because I'm single and I, you know, I want to own my life. But at the same time, I, I was saying all morning in my two classes, you chose it now own it or change. it. If you're going to be somewhere, be there. If you're going to be in a conversation, be in it. Like, because also I think that there's so much power in listening to what's not being said. We were talking about humans before, like you can read body language. I see the energy that comes into the room, you know, for my class. And it's a choice, not for me, for them to own it or change it. Because ultimately it's just their experience. I can't, I can't control it. I can only control my energy around it. So my choice is to not react to it. I can acknowledge it, but I can't let it detract from me. So I think it's this constant checking in to your breath, being so present in your feet, knowing what you have and using that to get what you want. Because if you only focus on where you're going, you forget where you are, right? Mm-hmm. And if you're fixated on where you were, you're not even here. I think it's, again, that constant check back in with your breath. Because mm-hmm. if you're in your body, in your breath, you have what you need. And that's like my biggest teaching tool to my, my team because we're teaching breath, we're teaching movement, we're teaching energy. But as teachers, I think because the hardest thing is actually just breathing and you want to control the situation, if you're not breathing, you can't teach breath. If you're not breathing, you're not in the space. If I am going through the trajectory of my class and I don't need a moment when the break happens from the the fight to the flow, to hold on to my heartbeat, to feel where I am when the whole room breaks to get onto their mat, I haven't worked hard enough. I'm just going through the motions. And that barometer comes back to like my heartbeat, my breath, like filling up and then completely letting go and starting again. Like, you know, our experiences are what we make of them. Mm-hmm. And, and that doesn't mean they have to look pretty either. No way. You know, that, that means it can be pretty ugly. Yeah. My, the big mirror in my studio, a selfie mirror, it's as messy as sexy. 
and it's in like the shower room and everyone's, you know, messy. Cause too, like I have eyeliner all over my face. I at leisure. I'm all about it. I just designed a leotard line, but a pro- price approachable and one silhouette that's like second skin, you know, in your body, in your, you know, naked shape, if you will. But to sort of come back to this idea of messy is sexy. I don't have mirrors in my studio. It's again, not about how you look, it's how you feel. Because if you feel sexy, you're fucking sexy. Like period. Mm-hmm. Confidence is what glows from you. It's not all the extra. And those things are, don't get me wrong. Those things are nice. We work hard. Right. But it comes down to like, who are you beyond all of the things? Who are you? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where the messy lies. That's vulnerability is messy. Life is messy. So if you embrace it as sexy, it's like, that's when you start to shine. Mm-hmm. And there, I mean, something I really love about you is I've never met you in life and real life, but you have this, you're sexy. You have this oh. kind of like every <laughs> photo I've seen now I'm talking to you and that is an authentic that has to come from within. You can't pretend to be sexy because it does not work. That has to be, and it can be a, a tougher sexy. It can be a more demure sexy. There's again, also all these different levels of sexiness. But when a woman owns that part of herself, regardless of any external, because, you know, going back to what you were saying about showing up, part of that, cutting that chatter out of, what somebody said to you, what somebody did to you is stop trying to find validation for yourself by what they are saying or what they're doing, which is something else we seek so often is I'm wearing something. What do they think? I want, it's like, what do you, what do you feel? Like, do you like what you're doing? Are you fully confident and confident goes hand in hand with comfortable? Are you comfortable in your own skin? Which a lot of us are not, there but how do you find that and how do you how do you show up with that true internal confidence is by doing the work yeah by doing the work I mean thank you like the sexy thing I appreciate that I think it comes back to you know you work on yourself all the time and I think when you when you put in the effort you find ease when you stop fighting life starts to flow but for me you know I opened my business three years ago I'm 10 days from opening a flagship space when I started sole founder, sole owner, no partners, no investors, never taught a class before, wasn't in fitness. I was in feeling. I wanted to create this feeling, but I had enough confidence to believe in myself or to take a chance on me. And I also quickly realized that all of the things I saw, all of the people that I looked, not all, so many people I looked up to are regarded from their two-dimensional image because I have a physical space, I, I met them, I met people, whatever it is. I meet people all day long and there's such deep insecurity and so much of what is out there isn't real. And so I think for me, it's that constant commitment over and over again to just be who I am, to just be real. And that is messy. You know, I eat with my hands, I get food on my face. I take naked photos because I finally embraced my body and it took me 29, 30 years, whatever it is. I speak to my, you know, about my family, about my experiences with men, about the trial and tribulations of starting my own business, my experience of lonely, like all of these things. And because the more that I've seen, the more it makes me want to show like truth, vulnerability, authenticity, because my biggest pain point, my biggest sadness is that there is so much falsehood. There is such 
a delineation behind the smoke and mirror facade that somehow society has come to accept. And things are covered up by a lot of money. You know, businesses blow up overnight. Like, it's, it's fascinating. But what's underneath the hood? What's the purpose? Like, why are we here? And, and I know that for me, I'm here because I want to create change with it. And the only way I can do that is that I constantly commit to creating change with it. Mm-hmm. And it's, uh, it, I think one of the biggest things we have to shift is apart from it's okay to change your mind, apart from it's okay to be curious and follow the path that's truly calling you and, and listen to your intuition. It's shifting that mentality of fake it till you make it to feel it until you make it. And make it can mean anything. But the second you feel like you're pretending or faking something, you have to truly feel it within and hold on to that feeling to drive you forward. And with that, I want to ask you, what is something you would recommend to anybody that's like, oh my God, I love what Olivia is saying. I can relate to her story. But where do I start? Like, what was something that you did that really set you up for that? Uh, I would say first read my blog <laughs> or come <laughs> take my class. Come to make, take my class. But uh, where would you start? I would get really real. I would go through the who, who am I? What, what do I want? What don't I want? You know, where am I versus where do I want to be? Like, I think it comes down to the first step is getting really real in like seeing yourself clearly. Like, what is the pain point? Why? What's not working? Why isn't it working? So if it's the relationship isn't working, is it because you're forcing it and no longer feeling it? Are you denying yourself the pleasure of being happy because you've become so comfortable? If it's the job, same thing. Like, are you, are you just going through the motions because it's a means to an end? And if it is, that's phenomenal. So many people have these glorious jobs with these huge titles. They make a ton of money and they're unfulfilled, but you can either see that as, okay, well, I'm you know, working so that I can enjoy my life or I'm just miserable, in which case change it. So, you know, nothing changes. Big changes don't happen overnight, but you have to start making the small changes to make the big differences. And I think first you have to get really honest with yourself of what's not working, but why am I resisting first? Is there only fight? And if there is where is it coming from? Is it just coming from me? Have I manufactured stories or my job is really that horrible? You know, is my relationship not working? If it isn't working, have I spoken about it? Have I done anything to make change in it? Have I gotten really honest about asking the questions? Like if you don't ask, you don't know, right? If you, you got to ask the questions first, you have to ask yourself. So I think so often, again, we're afraid to face ourselves because that's where the truth really lies. You know, if you're resisting, you feel it in your body. You mm-hmm. literally, you feel it. You walk around like this. You're not breathing. You know, there's sometimes often, and I'm sure that you can speak to this better than anybody. Like the weight that we're carrying isn't physical. It's mental. It becomes physical. It's mental and it's energetic. There's so much energy. You know, I like to remind people that, especially belly, visceral area, fat accumulation stress. First, we have to talk about fat as a thing that our body produces to protect ourselves. There's so much heaviness around the word fat because it's become a descriptor, an insult, a judgmental word. No, it is a substance our body makes to protect us either from toxicity and excess of energy in the body, but it also protects us from people's energy because these 
energy centers or chakras, if we want to get chakra centric, are our power center, how we connect to the world, how we belong to the world. And when we start noticing an accumulation around here, it's like it's a good time to start analyzing what you just said. Job, relationships, love, friendships, how you're showing up for the world because your body's protecting you. These energy centers from things that are coming in that are not good for you. And a question, I love all the questions you propose one asks themselves. And one question that was very difficult for me to ask myself, and I still am asking myself on the daily is, am I worthy of, insert here, is it a money story? Am I worthy of receiving money for what I do? Am I worthy of keeping money? Marriage, am I worthy of, of feeling happy? Do I feel like I'm worthy? Because a lot of the times the story, we tend to self-sabotage because we don't feel we're worthy of the things the universe is bringing to us. And that was a story I carried for a long time. I've, let's say I was in fashion. I became really good at what I did. Most of the time I was kind of shocked or surprised when people hired me huh. or when my stuff got made. I was like, look at that. Wow. How lucky am I? I never owned it. I never thought, no, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. This story went back to like, wow, I'm so surprised because being a Dominican woman in New York and minority, blah, 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 blah. no, uh, people were actually, more people were at different points in my life believed more in me than I believed in myself. And I mean, I still find that story floating around and there are parts of me that are still, you know, especially women with money. There's, there's so much to unpack there. It's like, okay, do I feel like I'm worthy of getting paid for what I do? And for me to get to that resounding, absolutely. It took a lot of work. So that question, I, I, it's something that I encourage people to ask themselves aware, uh, as well. It's like, do you feel you're worthy of what you're receiving? Because if you don't deep inside, it will go away or it, will, it won't come through. And that goes back to that energetic thing. Do you oh, feel you're or not? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think with that, it's, you have to dig really deep. And this comes back to like how I teach in my class, like on a boxing bag, you want to feel strong, hit a heavy bag, or you want to feel weak. It's how you perceive the action of it and the uppercuts from your gut, you know, elbows in You're sort of, I look at it as a shimmy, but you're digging deeper. And when you go back to this emotion or sentiment or question of, am I worthy or feeling not worthy? That goes back to something, you know, way long ago in whatever history you have of a time where you didn't feel worthy or someone made you feel unworthy. And that sticks in you. It Mm -hmm. attaches to you, to your parts, to your organs, to your energy and shaking that off. It's not something you wake up and you change. It's something you face every day because it will come up. It will reappear. And that ego ego on your shoulder will trump you out of feeling strong. And you have to find the love within to again, face that ego and choose to lead with love of self rather than, you know, succumb to the loathing, to the hate, to the history, to the story. Absolutely. And something that that hit me hard in a very uplifting way was understanding which of these stories didn't even belong to me. They might have belonged to my mom or my dad, my grandparents, my culture. And it's something you carry like a sack of sand. And you're like, holy shit, that didn't even belong to me. I actually do feel real. 
Yeah. And I think that when you start to really know yourself and then you go back and you spend time with people who have been with you for your, your whole life, like life, your whole life, life, lives, and you start to see them differently too. And I think there's pain there, you know, family harbors a lot of story and you choose to carry that too. You choose to not just attach from it, but letting it let it go in a way of you just see love that whatever story other people are carrying, you don't allow it to affect your own. You just see love. And when I tapped into that, my relationship with my family became so different because I don't, there is no hurt. There is, there's nothing there but love. And when hurt comes up, because of course I go home, I have three brothers, you know, I have a very strong father. I have the most wonderful mother. You know, we all have things. You can either see hurt or you can see hope. You can see love. And if you, I think if you leave from a place of love, it's because you found love within. But just because you found it doesn't mean it stays. You have mm-hmm. to always go back to that feeling. And choose I, for me, it's that feeling of love feels so much better. It's true. Mm-hmm. Choose love. And, mm-hmm. and I say this all the time, and I struggled with this, but I will stick to it. You have to be selfish to be selfless. You have to know yourself first. You have to invest in you first because you cannot give from empty. We're not here to help everybody else until we first help ourselves mm-hmm. because you can't help anything, anybody, if you don't face yourself. You just can't. You can't help anybody that doesn't want to help themselves. And that takes one to know themselves so well that you can identify that because sometimes we go around trying to save other people when we're trying to save ourselves. And it becomes this jumble where you actually take on other people's problems and take on their shit. And you're super open and an empath when actually by being selfish, you're actually being selfish, meaning with your emotions, with your time, with your space selfish means boundaries and there can be boundaries that are even unspoken and once you start doing that and once you start standing up straight you can see how you can actually support others and something i have on repeat is caring for yourself is the most benevolent act of love you can have to anybody you care for even the people in the subway even the people in your house If you are in that space where you know I'm supported, even though some days I I let myself drop to the floor and crawl in my little hole and feel it, but then I know how to get myself out is is this toolbox, then I know how I can support other people better by understanding if they even want to be supported. But I would love for you to share with us what are other things that fill you and support you to do the work that you're doing. Ah, I move every day. I sort of, again, I was blessed with this name, Live Young. And to me, like the business I'm building, Box and Flow is the physical part. So there's, I feel there's so many pillars. My background is in food. My passion was fitness, whatever. But I think I fuel my life. I don't fill my time anymore. So I fuel my body. I always say like, live delicious. So I cook, you know, constantly because I want to know what I'm putting in. I, I need energy. I need fuel so I can move. I always say, you know, I live sweaty. So the workout, the physical, the messiest, sexy box and flow words, how I speak to myself. You know, I write, I think that's my passion. Number one. And you know, my blog and book proposal, whatever else speaking, the words that we say that we hear, you know, the words that we don't say, still listen to. So I think, what do I do to constantly that practice? It's movement, it's breath work, it's food, nutrition, it's 
not only being a leotard, like making, dressing myself up in whatever costume to suit my mood so that I feel sexy, not just inside, but outside. It's, you know, my communication to the world. I think it's, it's not helping others, but it's, it's holding myself accountable so I can hold others accountable, but only, as you said, if they want to be held accountable, you know, as a leader, as a coach, people have to want to change. You can't change anyone else. You can only really work on yourself. But when you show up energetically, that energy, it pushes outward and then people either lean into it or they push it away. So for me, it's, you know, how you speak to yourself, how you feed yourself, how you move yourself out of your way, how you connect to other people. It's, it's always leading with love, but the love that you lead with has to be grounded in so much strength because if it's just love, people will take. And I've had to set up those boundaries. I've had to understand that not everybody is on your team. So until you're really on your team, people will just take from your, from your bowl. And even today I got an email, someone, an opportunity, and it was endearing, but at the same time it was capitalistic. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> I painted the walls of my space. I opened a fight gym because I was fighting myself, but I wanted to give freedom. Everything to date has been with my hands, with my sweat, with my blood. If you want to be on my team, like, fuck yeah. But not because you want to take, but because you want to, you want to connect, you want to grow together. Because it, my hardest lesson I think to date, and it took me too long to learn this was everybody's running a business because we all need to survive. But, you know, when I thought people were supporting me, then it came with a big price tag. And I still thought they were supporting. I'm like, okay, well, you're going to help. You're going to save, you're going to change. But no, you're not. <laughs> you're just going to take. And, and that was a hard lesson to learn as, you know, a 28 year old entrepreneur who really had no idea what she was doing. All I knew that all I knew was that I had myself. So I think full circle, when I stopped looking out for help, and I started looking in, that's when I really got smart. So back to what do I do, how I speak to myself, how I feed myself, how I sleep, you know, how I connect, who I spend time with, how I spend time. I'm a firm believer, sun up to sundown, not just because I'm busy, but it's not about having the most money, job, time. It's about making the most of what you have. And that can be from the smallest to the biggest. Like nothing gives me more joy than opening up my fridge at the end of the day and like playing chops with myself to see what I can create, you know, <laughs> making the most of what you have in seven minutes because you don't need all the extra because with extra comes extra stuff and the mm -hmm. stuff can weigh you down. So if you really just simplify and get back to those questions of who, what, where, when, why, and you get to know yourself better and better every day. I think I really, not even I think, I know that anything is possible, but it has to come back to how you see yourself and the potential, the capability, the worth that you have. Absolutely. And infusing that with feeling that this moment is it, yeah. not striving for something all the time. Can we be better than ourselves every day? Yeah. Kaizen, Japanese theory. They teach kids in, in, in kindergarten, mm. be better than yourself every day, but not because you want to achieve something. If that comes, that's great. But this is it. Now, where I am, where I live, what I have, this is it. Not living as I'm going through a transition onto okay. something that will make me happier. But Olivia, I'm obsessed with you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we gotta go have a drink. We gotta uh, go meet up. I'm I know. Come to your class. I need a leotard. 
Well, you have to come. So I'm opening a studio in 10 days. It's next to Cafe Select and Jack's like Frida. So like right Soho and it's going, it's, it's beautiful. I'm, I'm really proud. I'm really proud of me. I'm really proud Good. of me. And I think, and I can say that with humility because it took me a really long time to find pride in where I am, not where I want to go but like where I am. And I think that's our power. That's our choice. So I would love for you to take class and come see the new studio. And I feel so honored that you, you wanted to talk to me, that you were open to the conversation. So oh thank my you. God, I'm honored. You wanted to talk to me and this has been a very energizing. I feel like I'm high now. <laughs> this, in this conversation. Yeah. I don't drink caffeine. That's the weird part. I feel like this all the time. And when I don't, I'm just like you. I want to curl on a ball and cut it off. And I do. And then I, you know, you're reborn. Yeah. It's like all or nothing. But Olivia, thank you so much. Everybody, I'll keep everybody posted on my experience in your class. And we have to meet and hug each other. And we have to be best friends now. But, uh, I'm with you. I'm so proud of you and thank you, thank so, you much so much for your time and I'll send I'm sending you so much love. I love you thank you I love you too have a great day you too bye thank you so much for listening if you'd like to learn more please visit my website paolaatlason.live and you can also find us on Instagram at paola.atlason. sending you so much love and thank you <laughs>